episode 203. I'm your yep. host, Mike Caps, aka Wheels, eagerly awaiting Monster Hunter, and with me as always. Unlicensed amateur Monster Hunter, David McBurney, Family Master. Unfortunately, Monster Hunted in Japan, Michael Baker, Gaijim no Gatari. <laughs> uh, well, apparently me and Wales both have the same thing on the brain, which is weird in this case, because I don't usually play Monster Hunter, but this one looks cool. <laughs> yes, and I am rushing to complete Operation Finish 2 Massive RPGs. Ah, uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Related. So I guess we should just jump right into what we've been playing. Well, mine hasn't really changed. I'm just trying to figure out how to survive it. <laughs> Fun. Hooray! <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's just... Um, the There are multiple skill trees um, that you access as you beat or as you rescue certain characters in the game. I haven't actually found whoever is, gives me the fourth one. And... The skill trees branch out left and right, and all of them but the first one are either or. So I am currently out of things to level up with, but I keep getting levels um, for points. And um, relative equipment ranks and enemy strength go up with your main level. Oh, fun. And part of the issue is, I mean, I've got access to a level that I definitely know I need to beat to find the next... Um, the next skill tree. However, it's full of fire-absorbing enemies, and I don't have any good large-scale water attacks. Hmm. I have not found any equipment with the right items on it, and my main water weapon is a spray gun with terrible targeting. Huh. So, um, and since I keep getting stuck in this section of the game where there are multiple spawn points, and I end up aggroing about ooh, 25 enemies at a time. Most of which are either immune or uh, absorb my main um, clear mob clearing attacks. It's a bit of an issue. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> and I'm just going to have to start uh, have to start reloading the main town to over and over again to see if I can get an item with a hit everything water attack. So, I, I finally got one with a poison attack that would work, except several of these enemies are immune to poison, too. Oh. So that sucks. Um. Yeah. It, it, it gets tough, this little game, is partly because it's balanced for four-player. Up to four-player. Yeah. Player. Well... well. May your battle battle rage ever onward. Yeah, yeah. It shall be beaten eventually. I've read the Yes. And Wheels has made clear what he's some of what he's been playing. Yes. So I finished the main part of Persona Five Royal, which is what I said I wanted to do, not necessarily the extra new content. And Which is good, but also adds a lot of playtime, so understandable. Yeah, so, and that's, I'm already at 100 hours, so. Um, yeah, I freaking love Persona 5. I would be happy <laughs> to start it over as soon as I clear the extra stuff. It's 
It's incredible. And uh. the final dungeon and everything was great. And I've already started Persona 5 Strikers to have some there adventures with the There's game. the ticket. Yes. Uh, which um, uh, I want to talk about for a minute. Sure. I, I've only just begun to explore the first dungeon. Um, but... I'm hoping that this game is kind of a template going forward for how Technokoe approaches more of these, like, Muso spinoffs. Because they've done some... I don't want to say they've never, like, expanded the formula a bit. Like, I remember Dragon Quest Heroes 2 had, like, a... You could wander around an open world and engage in battles that way, which is a bit more interesting. And, like, Hyrule Warriors really although it kind of kept like the battlefield format of the most of the titles really made you made a lot more happen as you were in there. Uh, but I have never played one quite like persona five strikers that really takes what's best about Muso, like frantic, just like frantic instances of really fun action combat, uh, either, you know, against a bunch of horde of enemies or perhaps some, horde of enemies and some like boss monsters and just everything about the combat so far i've really enjoyed like the the speed of everything switching between characters uh the art style the way you know they integrate like the little the, the little menu you'd you'd pull up in a regular persona game where you see all the weaknesses kind of just appears like I don't know how to describe it. It appears when you like pull out to cast something. Yeah. So like what you're going to cast on, you know what it'll do. Yes. But it's like this menu. It's not like a regular menu. It like It's like an overlay, I guess. Yeah. It's it, weird. It shows up like wherever you're pointing your persona's attack, essentially. And it's just really slick. Um, and yes, more... More really in-depth Muso crossovers like this, please, because um, it, it it really does a. I told you this. It really does a great job of just giving you bite-sized instances of that without just drowning you in it and giving you other mm -hmm. things to do, which I think is a much better approach than just reskinning Dynasty Warriors, mm -hmm. which is you know it's fine, but. I think there's a way to take that com combat in smaller doses and do a lot of fun things with. So we'll see. Um, structurally, it's, it's uh, narratively, it's probably the strongest continuation a Persona game has gotten. Yes. Uh, you know, playing a lot of the spinoffs that have existed over the years. Uh, narratively, they're all bad. Uh, even the I, answer? Uh, especially the answer. Um, <laughs> the, like the, the answer has no redeeming qualities. Um, but uh, to, to, to go a little more into detail, I guess. Um, like, the... Like, the, the problem with uh, essentially all of them is that they have no they have either like poor character writing or no strong thematic thrust mm. 
which is one of the things that like makes persona stories compelling even if they like sometimes drop the ball is that they have like a very strong central theme whereas that... muso is a genre that's defined by the action style and they don't often go beyond that yeah but the the actual writing of strikers is actually like fairly strong and like the first couple of dungeons sort of are paced around the idea of this character didn't get a lot to do for certain portions of Persona 5's story, so, like, this dungeon is designed to give them a, like, personal stake in what's happening, which is nice because it's sort of, like, you certain characters who maybe show up a little late in the game getting a bit of spotlight in Strikers is honestly a very good way to take things. Uh... And just the general, like, you get a, a very different feel from the game because the game is, uh, Wheels hasn't gotten far enough in to reach this, but the, the game is structured around a road trip. And uh, so, like, you start out uh, in Tokyo, like, you know, like you, like Persona 5 is all set in, and, like, you can sort of see that you're there, but, like, a lot of people are, like, sort of off because it's the summer and that sort of thing. So, like, they're off on vacation or whatever. And it's, like, little, a little emptier version of it in terms of if you try going to look for all of your, like, social links and shops and such that you went to. But you go to... Uh, after the first dungeon, like, you go to Sendai. And there's, like, a little mini hub that's like one of the areas in Persona 5. And it has, like, the same sort of, uh, like style to it but it gives you just like a little taste of a different kind of environment uh, to bounce these characters off of and it gives a lot of uh, character and distinction to what's going on but yeah I'm really really enjoying it so far so yeah, I, I, it almost feels like um, instead of like a Muso game being reskinned as Persona it's the kind of the other way around almost. it's like a Persona like a treatment for a Persona 5 2 that got skinned into a Muso. <laughs> oh, also the new characters are actually really strong, which is also something that was never true of any of these. Yes. There, there's an, like a, a character that's an AI, and that's not a spoiler because you beat them right away. That like is within the first 20 minutes. Hilarious. <laughs> Especially the... some of her interactions with some of the characters. The first scene with her, where it's like trying to tor to explain why you can do why you can order shop stuff online, is incredible, <laughs> and fits perfectly with every character that's interacting in it. But also, just like I I wasn't fully prepared for like the explanation of how she got something to be Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like that—that's a—that's an incredible segment. Uh, but yeah, the the other like major new character that they bring up is—he uh, should have appeared at least a bit in your game, although not a lot. Uh, is it but the police officer. Yeah, it's Zenkichi Hasegawa. Yeah, and he's like one of these things where it's like interesting because like. Uh, None of your characters trust him, and also he is not trustworthy, but they kind of have to deal with him anyway. <laughs> but he, it's also interesting because, like, 
Persona games don't have your characters interact with adults in the sense of collaborating with them, typically. Yeah. And Zenkichi mean, like, inserts himself they... into the plot such that your characters are forced to collaborate with him, which <laughs> creates a very different dynamic. Yeah, I think there was some collaboration in Persona 1, but I think part of that was just a police officer getting blackmailed into selling you with firearms. Yeah, Persona 1 and 2 are different, uh, especially Eternal Punishment, which has almost an entirely adult cast. But uh, yeah. for the modern Persona games, your characters do not collaborate with adults in any meaningful fashion. I know, I'm just trying to contribute to the conversation. So. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm quite aware that Persona 1, 2, 2 is a, pretty much a different series from 3, 4, 5. Uh, Eternal Punishment I'm a huge fan of I want that to come back um, I, I've heard uh, rumors I'm not sure if there's I've never found an interview source for them but I want to believe them that there was at one point a plan in Strikers to insert like background cameos of like Persona 1 and 2 characters into some of the areas you visit that just sort of ended up getting left on the cutting room floor mm. that's that too bad yeah. I think the, the strongest connection that any of the uh, quote-unquote modern, given that the, this current formula has existed for 15 years now, uh, the strongest connection that any of the modern games have to the older games is that the Carrijos in 3 are explicitly stated to be related to the Nanjos from 1 and 2. But that's about it. <laughs> they they really. What about the butterflies, uh, man? The butterflies are an explicit, though difficult to trace if you didn't play them. Reference to Philemon from one and yeah. two, and there's some other stuff like and you can in three. Igor. You can, huh? Igor. Oh yeah, Igor definitely. Although everyone yeah. else in the Velvet Room got kicked to the curb. <laughs> but uh, the e other... Igor was just too iconic. Yeah, that, I mean, that Igor, version of Igor. So, the, the Igor one in was Soul Hackers looked more like the captain of the love boat. Uh, Transylvania. <laughs> the Transylvanian love boat. That reminds me, yeah. I really need to play Soul Hackers someday. That's you a should. wild ass game. Uh, that, that is like a game that's kind of fun to go back to just because it's such a like mind bogglingly mid 90s idea of what the future of the internet will look like. But. <laughs> And uh, it's it's wonderfully wonderfully cyberpunk in the weirdest yeah. occult fashion, it, it's, and it's just enjoyable for that. Yeah, turn on all of the hacks to make it easier because the nah. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to have to deal with whether my demons have to maintain alignment or else something's going to go wrong. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was part of the fun was managing that stuff. Uh, at least you get your choice on it in the 3DS version. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, a big fan of Strikers. Uh, so both me and Wheels have played a little bit of that. Uh, and I played a bit of Bravely Default too. Mm -hmm. And Is it's it actually good or good. Default? It's pretty good. Yeah, that was my impression, too. So it's, so it's not deflatulent. It, it turns out it's not. It's, uh... I, I, I feel like a lot can be said just for the fact that it's... Like, the... 
The core cast does not have two characters who are essentially dramatically inactive and also don't, and no one talks nearly as much. <laughs> That's and the important part. A lot to be said for both of these facts because it means that they have uh, shorter, more to the point interactions, and those interactions are less repetitive because there's more characters actually taking part. So. I'm enjoying that. Uh, the gameplay. Uh, pause the stream did a bit. I've peeked in on it, and it seems like there's a lot of cool uh, character classes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the job system is still like very strong. Like that was never the problem. Bravely Default had it was just the pacing. So. Yeah. I know I played Bravely Default without any controls on encounter rates. Oh, you played original rather Ooh. than before the sequel. Ooh. Yeah, that something I out, but something I specifically referenced now, in my so April Fool's takedown of it. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, sorry, but that was one of the things I specifically referenced in my April Fool's takedown of the game. It's like yeah. in, enjoy that encounter rate gauge, you sap. Some of us had to take the road to the fire temple the hard way. <laughs> yeah, they they've taken out the encounter rate thing, but they've also just given you symbol and count. Oh, did I lose someone? Hello? Hello? Uh oh. Oh, do, do, awesome. do, do. Hello. We could hear you the entire time. Oh, you could? That's weird. OBS Studio reconnecting. That's disconcerting. Got a local recording, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, continue on. But yeah, yeah, I think that also some of it is... Uh, divorcing it from the weight of expectations because I'm not sure how much other people were paying attention to it, but before it came out in the U.S., there was a lot of, like, groundswell from importers on Braley Default that's like, oh, it's like an old-school Final Fantasy. It's incredible. They better un localize it. And then when you get to play it, it's like, this is fine. <laughs> and it's like, but a, a game that you heard was great turning out to be fine is much more disappointing than a game you had no expectations for and turns right. out to be pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, enjoying Bravely Default 2. Uh, mm -hmm. Nice and nice and pretty, got good music. Having a good time. Sweet. I'm actually kind of looking forward to playing that at some point after all this Dragon Quest 7. All this Dragon it. Quest 7 and Monster Hunter Rise. Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't mean immediately because, you know, yeah. Monhan. You, you finally got me, like, actually excited about one, so you better, you better play a bit with me. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, it looks very, very good. And I do... I do appreciate that we're at a point where uh, every Monster Hunter that comes out, uh, one of the things I see is that it's the easiest one to get into yet, and it's always true, and it's still always a little intimidating. 
the reviews for it so far seem really positive. Yeah, well, uh, I think this one really will be easier to get into. <laughs> because I, I know people won't shut up about how much they love World, but it has really weird multiplayer in it. And does that work? A lot of weird <laughs> restrictions. Like, like you have to. It's it's very weird. Yeah. The yeah. I, I guess the the only thing I was really concerned about was how well this game would actually function on the Switch because it's like it's a really it is a very pretty looking Switch game yeah. that is also doing technically quite a lot, but mm-hmm. every review I've seen says that it maintains a solid 30 frames per second most of the time, so... That's good. I'm excited. Should be good. From what I played at the demo, the, the wire bug uh, really kind of increases the pace of combat in a good way. So yeah, the wire less... bug's going to take a lot of work to get good at, but it looks yeah. really neat, which is part of why I'm interested. Yeah. And, it... and also, I do appreciate uh, the addition of the, the Palamute to go along with the Palico. Yeah. Uh, especially just, like, the idea of, like, oh, if you have the Palamute, you can ride it around and you don't have to worry about running stamina, which is useful. Yes. Uh, the really important thing for me, which is, I, I mean, I can't totally blame World for this because uh, the way they model the monsters, it's hard to get a lot of them, but it looks already looks like this one has a way more monsters than World, which is still mm. a problem in World. They just aren't... The, Even the with the expansion? Not, yeah, the variety is just not good enough. I wouldn't be surprised if this has stolen some models from World and simplified them, but... <laughs> Probably, like that's, I mean, that's just sort of how monster function, monster hunter functions. Yeah. Just like, yeah, and, you... and yeah, that's that's why I say I can't even completely blame it on world because I'm going from like four, where it's got like a decade's worth of models they could basically tweak and reuse. Yeah, they've been they've been working on essentially PS2 or close enough technology for a decade and a half. And then they had to finally tear it out and replace. Yeah. So. That said, there are a lot of other issues I have with World that I can already tell uh, Rise has tweaked. So I'm, I'm very happy with what I've seen. And then avoided the second demo because at this point I just want to like make my own character and like get started. I, I don't really like wasting a lot of time on the demos where... Just you already monsters. know what a monster hunter is. Yeah, you're you're just messing around with preset equipment. Like that's that's that's, that's not for me. <laughs> I'm not getting any loot out of this. Why am I spending time on this? Uh, yeah, that that first demo was kind of what I needed. Of like, oh, this. The other thing I've heard that was appealing to me was uh, one of the reviews I was listening to was basically just saying, yeah. Also, the hunts are just generally a little faster. <laughs> that's good. Some of those can get long. Yeah. Yeah. So excited to excited to play with my good friend Wheels. Excited for this to be one of the most terrifying software launches in Japan in like a decade. <laughs> yeah, I saw something about a co- a company in Japan where so many people requested the day off, they just gave the whole company the day off or something. 
Yeah, I've seen a source on what company that was. I can't remember, but it does seem to be like an actual thing that happened. That's funny. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't sound like something that would actually happen in Japan. <laughs> yeah, so enjoy your Monster Hunter Day, uh, employees of this Japanese company. <laughs> Even the ones who won't be playing it. But, yeah, but it's yeah. Th- this this release is really special because um, I feel like it's the... F- it's the first one for the Western audience where Monster Hunter has like this broad appeal, like, like already has like a base of dedicated consumers rather yeah. than just a hardcore niche that's yeah. just trying to convince you every minute of every day, like, please, it's good, I promise. Yeah, like before World, it was you know it's a, a niche thing and it was great, but you know that was it. And now I'm seeing like my sister, and like the people she hangs out with online who mostly play like more mainstream games all like going crazy for this game and it's it's weird and cool at the same time mm-hmm. so, so yeah looking forward to it yeah I think that's all we've got in terms of things we've been playing or yeah. salivating over so yeah I, I would talk more on Dragon Quest 7 but I don't really have more to say than last week other than just um, getting near the end finally <laughs> it's a long game that's a long process yes yeah, and apparently we weren't uh, <laughs> no one complained about how long we talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last week so uh, we even got uh, someone who seemed to enjoy that Fireminer yeah for really? some reason yeah ah. Fireminer saying you know it's a quality episode when it starts with TMNT and it's with Marvel <laughs> Where is this? Oh, there! I just saw that. Yeah, I kind of wanted to to bring that up just so that we can hit these questions since they're relevant from the previous episode. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, question related to the episode: What are the cases of games doing exactly the opposite of what the creators want, but being still well liked? In other words, what is the room of video games beside Deadly Premonition? I will have a fight with you over Deadly Premonition. <laughs> Uh, in terms of being a much more complicated thing than being the room. But uh, go look up any like really beloved Kusoge in Japan, and you'll find some of that. Yeah. One of these I... days I'm going to have to write up my impression of um, people who <laughs> see the stars. Oh, Shiomirito. That sounds difficult. <laughs> my, I've got part of it written up in my head. I just haven't actually put it down on any paper yet. I just... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is I mean, I mean, it, it's that that's a game with a lot of heart, definitely. <laughs> Not a lot of skill in the making of it, but heart. You could tell that the developers were trying hard. It's one of those things that's like it would be. It's got some interesting and innovative ideas for its time, but it's also made. But it's also so poorly. Cr- crafted that you're kind of shocked that it was allowed to be released at all <laughs> yep i'd say gold star for effort yeah uh there's there's a few other famicom ga- games like that that are fairly infamous uh gonzo sayuki super monkey daiboken i think i've ranted about before that's a cartridge game on the nes with loading times um Ooh, it shouldn't even be possible to do that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to assume that it was originally like Famicom Disk System or something because nope, those nope. do have that. Like, oh, really? <laughs> no, it was a cartridge game. 
<laughs> no, I mean, there, there were several games that started off on the disc system. Yeah, no, I'm just saying cartridge. this was a cartridge-only game in Japan. Eh. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that game's infamous for, like, a million reasons. Uh, it's really confusing, even by Famicom game standards. Uh, it has low time somehow. Uh, it has an obscene message hidden in its code. Um, it's... <laughs> In it's, English or Japanese? Say what? In English or Japanese? Oh, in Japanese. Uh, then probably not too obscene. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's obscene. I guess I guess the term would the kind of obscene where it's just like programmer was really horny and apparently had no outlets. Um, never yeah. mind. Okay, yeah, that kind of obscene. But yeah, so that's uh. That's uh, that's quite a game. Um, I'm trying to think of some other like uh, oh, Spelunker is still beloved in Japan to this day, to this day and age, despite the fact that it's just complete trash from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, they, I think they still release. Uh, I think the most recent like Spelunker like revival is still less than like five years old. Yeah, they. Re- they made an entire new version of it a couple years ago. Yeah, Spelunker Party, available for your Switch. Um, but yeah, that that one's kind of uh, beloved garbage. But yeah, like that that kind of game definitely has a uh, following in Japan. The there's definitely games like this in. Uh, in the Western, like, uh, game culture, I guess, but at the same time, like, there's not as much of a love for this kind of game so much as there are individual games that people decided that they loved anyway. Um, you get this more with movies in America. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, there you don't really have the game equivalent of Ed Wood. Yeah, if only, though. Yeah, if only. But, I mean, oh, I mean, that's effectively what some of these Japanese games are, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's some... There's a lot of... Like, there is a lot of, like, in, in the West, digging through old trash, but there's... It, it's almost always in a way that fails to betray a love of what you found it's mostly just like why was this allowed to happen as opposed to this is terrible that owns so it's like the post irony generation yeah uh i'm trying to think of anything that this is the case for uh or the the other thing and this is where i would bring up the dispute about deadly premonition being the room is that uh, the people who truly love Deadly Premonition tend to be people who find things about it that they love in spite of the fact that it's broken in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that it's doing a lot of interesting things, even if it is technically uh, a mess. And, like, that's that's the same thing that I would say. Like, I've seen uh, people who will passionately argue in favor of, say... Dragon Guard One, and it's like that game is a mess in how it's put together. But the people who love it aren't talking about how they uh, love the fact that it's a mess. They're talking about how they think that it's really interesting despite being a mess. 
Kind of like how we talk about Saga sometimes. Yeah, a little True. bit. Uh, yeah, I can't think of a game that people love for being a mess uh, in terms of like a broader thing. There's a lot of games that I'll play that are deeply mediocre or messy or bad, but I'm not a representative sample. <laughs> Uh, mm. You got any wheels? None that I can think of. Hmm. Uh, but yeah. So that's uh. Maybe the original. Maybe Demon Souls. I don't know. No, people love that again for what it's what it's yeah, doing, it's even if it's janky while doing it. See, also Kingsfield, which also sprang to mind and doesn't really qualify it also doesn't help that like a lot of a lot of the love of weird uh, of like akusoge as far as like how much what it's come to mean as far as i can tell in japanese gamer culture it's not just a bad game it's a weird game like, it is a massively bad game yeah like it's terrible but in ways that are almost inexplicable <laughs> Much like those who see the stars. Yeah, like that's why that's one of the famous ones. It's like, what? How did you even I mean, make this? I mean, that, that one goes so far beyond the general kusoge that it is at kamigusoge. Yeah, it's one of the, like the fucking four heavenly kings of Famicom kusoge. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, whereas like a, a lot of times, uh, a, a lot of like western games i've seen that would be like famous for being bad like they're not weird they're just like poorly put together mm -hmm. and it's like you don't have that sort of like weird gonzo sensibility of like what are you doing this like this is almost outsider art at this point <laughs> uh, uh yeah, um, I guess to answer the follow-on uh, question, speaking of Deadly Premonition in the Room, would it be bad when the directors of these properties realize they suck and try to capitalize on that? Deadly Premonition 2 made me feel like Swery stopped trying, and because of that he didn't fail, which meant the game isn't as ironically as funny as before. And it's like, Deadly Premonition 2 is more like he swung for the fences and, like, completely disregarded the technical limitations, which is a little different. Because that game is trying a lot of things that it maybe shouldn't have. <laughs> Representative of the fact that when asked what he wanted to add to Deadly Premonition 1, uh, there was never a desire for a polish pass. Uh, Swery just said that he wished that bicycles had been in the game. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I Polish, that's the thing that I've that I'm kind of like dancing around ruminating on. Like the I think that a lot of uh the things that make Kusoge interesting and like memorable are also things that like someone would try to polish out even for a bad game like you wouldn't do something that weird because it's like well this isn't gonna work why would you ever do that 
uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll think of something more, but that's that's kind of where I'm sitting. Oh god, what is this? Metal slime's metal slime oh, king. What you're doing? Metal slime king. I mean, yes, that's tradition. Saying you've never seen a king metal slime before? I don't think so. How? I don't know. I can't believe that you've never looked at uh, Platy's uh, Discord avatar. Oh, I thought it would. I thought he had a Metal King slime. Maybe I'm complaining him with someone else. I definitely know someone with a Metal King slime avatar. Oh well, but yeah. Now these are the these are the big ticket items. You got you want to hit these guys with a critical somehow if you can manage it. Oh, definitely. Metal slash, metal slash. Metal Slash is going to be useless on these things. Well, the two damage instead of one. Let's see how much a Metal King Slime has for HP. Too much. Uh, usually close like 20. TQ7 in particular... Thing with a high chance of critical. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, they have 20 HP and BQ7, so it's one of those things like you're not going to get off enough unless you get like ungodly lucky. Giga Slash? Uh, usually it's, it's usually a spear skill, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in DQ8, uh, I remember you get it on, the hero gets it on spears, and Yangus gets it on axes. I forget who has it in 11. Uh, yeah, if you can get another round in, it might be possible to salvage this. Sorry, uh, listeners, we're we're all very wrapped in this. <laughs> very serious business. Got to destroy the slime. It's worth so much EXP. Maybe multi-fists? I'm going to try that. Depends on how many hit, I suppose. But yeah. Um... Oh yeah, we didn't go over. Was there any news this no week? Damage, no damage, no damage. Um, Sony is closing down the <laughs> stores for three different consoles. Oh, oh yeah, that's actually a big deal that we should probably go over a little bit. Yeah, that's yep. a multi-layered piece of garbage. It gets it gets worse the more you find out about it. Because yeah. Of, uh, what it has as implications for the future. But also what it has as implications for the right now. Um, PS3 library is basically unplayable on anything that's not a PS3, so that's going to be fun. Uh, a huge swath of like archive of con oh nice you got it 
uh, archive content for the uh, PS1 and PS2 will die with that network uh, thing. Um, you know, I mean, the, where, I'm where I'm sitting, I'm not worried too much because I know I can get a lot of that in hard copy still. That's, yeah. That's still... Yeah, that... Um, I hope there. I mean, I, like I know there are sites online that have actual emulation of PlayStation One games, like available over the browser. Yeah, like because I, I accidentally found actually accidentally found a game while I was trying to find a walkthrough of the game I had on my shelf. So PS One emulation is relatively solved. PS Two emulation is still Iffy. it's getting there, but it's a work in progress. It's it's and, not the Saturn, but it's yeah, it's still a little iffy. And PS3 and, um, is again work in progress. I, I read something from I think it was somebody higher up at Sony saying that it's like they didn't care about backwards compatibility because I mean, who cared about the old games? Effectively, like that's that's been a I'm not sure if that exact quote exists, but definitely like that has been their animating like belief well, I, for a while. Yeah. Because like there was the there was the infamous quote early in the PS4's lifespan where like the guy who's who spent a great deal of the PS4's lifetime might still be uh, kind of the head of Sony America, basically saying that he had looked at PS1 and PS2 games and said, "Why would anyone ever want to play these? They're so old looking." I believe that was probably the quote that I was misphrasing. Yes. Yeah, and then there's some there's some other stuff. Uh, and then, of course, there's just uh, the things that it's kind of brought to light about how the uh, PS4 appears to be set up. Mm -hmm. Where yeah, I wasn't expecting uh, that to come out of this. The uh, battery that tracks the internal clock, which is separate from the clock that you have any say over. It's the clock that it like uh, uses based on like checking in with PSN. If that goes out, until you replace it, it's not going to play anything, digital or disc. And it's doing oh. that to protect the integrity of trophies. <laughs> I have no words for how stupid that is. Well, again, let us repeat, Sony is a hardware company, and that shapes all of their decisions. Yeah. Whereas um, Nintendo is a toy company, and it shows... Like I, I was baffled when I like saw someone point out that their their requirements around trophies are also probably part of why. Like the PS4 has a had I should say a PS2 like program where it's like you can re-release PS2 games on PS4, and oftentimes they were kind of badly emulated. But part of the reason that a lot of those didn't seem to that not a lot of those happened, other than ones that Sony specifically wanted to be on there, like Grand Theft Auto. Part of the reason a lot of those probably didn't happen is that they were required to have trophies, and it's actually really hard to retrofit something like that. Uh, yeah. Vomit. So, yeah, uh, trophies have gone from something I don't care about to an active detriment to my life. So, um, hopefully that gets disentangled someday, but I doubt it. Um, but yeah, uh, let, us, let us pour one out for the PS3 and PS Vita stores, which are, by all accounts, soon to be ripped from us. Mm -hmm. uh, 
do we want to do any uh you should grab this before it disappears uh for either of those um uh i'm not quite sure which ones are digital only and which ones are harder to get because again my my secondhand acquisition culture over here is much different from america's yeah and also there's just a lot more physical vita games (laughs) yes that's that's a good portion of it and just the concentration of used stores um yeah yeah like grab your copy of persona 4 golden yeah which is which uh i was gonna say which system would you like it on (laughs) no i'm telling people they should grab (laughs) oh uh, yeah, that one's really uh, inexpensive uh, over here, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's also like a physical Vita game that came out like seven years ago. So yeah, I, I mean, on that same regard, I was looking, randomly came across some of the PSP Persona games on eBay. Oh, they expensive now. Oh yeah, that was wow. <laughs> Hope you hope you like paying a lot of money for Persona 2 Innocent Sin. <sighs> I am glad that the PSP is easy to hack, so I can keep that in a nice, secure location. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Let's see. Um, as, as one that uh, only showed up as a digital release in the U.S., uh, other than a rapidly growing more expensive uh, Asian-only English cart release. Uh, if you want something weird, uh, Oreshika Tainted Bloodlines is uh, something. Yeah. <laughs> That's a strange video game. Uh, Soul Sacrifice. Uh, what was the updated Delta? version called? Yes, thank you. Delta. Uh like that one yeah uh, there's an english asian release of that although it should be noted for anyone picking that up you will not be able to use your save if you had the uh english uh digital only version um, yeah it's just it's it's sad because like a lot of those games are probably just never going to show up again yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, even if it's possible to get them, like, there will be... It will always be a struggle to get them. Uh, There's a lot of cool games on PS3 and PSP and Vita that are still trapped there that would be great to be able to play anywhere. Yep, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Nope. It's it's, It's also like... I still feel like for for PS2, there's not really an excuse. No, they could make an emulator for that. They could make an emulator for that. They have all of the internal documentation about how it functions and what you need to actually do. And they could just release PS2 games that play like PS2 games instead of doing these awful upresing jobs and shoving trophies into them. So that only games that were basically already collections of things can have them. It's like, oh, finally, what PS2 on PS4 games can I get? Fatal Fury Battle Archives. <laughs> Dark Cloud 2. I love two. Fatal Fury. There is no reason to ever play that version. But, yeah. Just, just, 
frustrating. Like, so- Sony has essentially treated its legacy like so much garbage. Um, I, I just want to put this into a little bit of perspective about uh, how much this actually sort of fully cuts off. Because, like, you think about, like, e- even disappointing initiatives like uh, the... Uh, PS2 classics on PS3 or things like that. Like, if you look at, uh, there's there's a lot of like collections of like PS1 and PS2 games that found their way onto PS3. That like, just just to give an example, uh, about nine tenths of the Ratchet and Clank franchise will no longer be officially purchasable in any fashion. Yeah, that's weird, wow. especially for a franchise that is very much alive. That they're still making new ones, though. Yeah. So, like, to let, let's pull this up because, like, if we were to look at that franchise, it has the first three, the first four games, which all got ported to PS3 and never to PS4, and then uh, there's a PS. There are like five on the PS3 that are only available on PS3 that never got upported. So, like, we're already at eight games that are just gone. <laughs> and, uh, um, seemingly Sony has no inclination to bring them back. <laughs> uh, for a franchise that, uh, as, as far as the PS4 version, oh, also worth noting, the PS5 game's a direct sequel to some of those. Yeah. <laughs> but... Like, if you have a PS4 or PS... If you have a PS5, all you can play is the PS4 remake of the first game that doesn't ha- actually follow the plot of the first game. Okay. Or to, to look at another franchise, one that they clearly care a lot about. Um, uh, God of War. Uh, I believe only God of War 3 and God of War... Uh, like God of War, the reboot are actually available on PS4 and by consequence PS5. Correct. Mm. Which that's a franchise that Sony like considers to be one of their most important. They're, it's gone. Yep. You will not be able to play one or two or Chains of Olympus or Ghost of Sparta or Ascension or like none of those. They're all gone. Um. Like. Sony has made a bunch... Oh, that's another one. Like, the first two Infamous games. Gone. Nothing. You can't play them on anything anymore. Like, these were... Like, you can still get these physically. Like, PS3s are not impossible to get, although they're more expensive than you'd hope. But, like, it's just one of those things, like, please have any sort of regard for your legacy. Oh, you can play them on... Welcome to part two of episode 203, right? Three? That's not right. Of Q&A Quest. I'm your host, Mike Apps, AK Wheels, etc. 
Wow. I don't know why we're reintroducing her. <laughs> why I'm doing a reintroduction. Yeah, like, I don't know why either. And we're back just and explain yeah. things. Yeah. We're back. After my yeah, internet randomly died. Difficulty. Yes. Uh, that's, uh, we'll mer work that out in post. Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's all good. Should we jump right back into some questions, I guess? Uh, I suppose we should. I yeah. suppose we should. Uh, I don't think, well, I don't think we're going to recover whatever thread of conversation we had last night, so. Oh, certainly not. Yeah. Okay, well then, random observation that I made earlier this week. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been spending a lot of time at the local shopping center's food court, just because it's not that crowded and it's pretty open air. Yeah. And they've got the background music playing all the time, and one of the items that regularly gets cycled through is the Indiana Jones theme song. <laughs> And so, yep, and so um, I mean, it's not. I mean, there are worse songs to be using, obviously. So yeah. I, I've been hearing like the opening bars to that quite a lot. Um, do you remember the opening bars to it? <laughs> no, no, that's the that's after the opening bars. Ah, uh, of course. The opening bars are dun 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 dun. And so it's been playing through my head so often that I've realized that I actually recognize it from a completely different piece of music as well that uses the same opening bars yeah yeah it goes do you recognize this one wheels yeah uh it's not from is that from saga 2 yes it is it's the overworld music from final fantasy legend 2 that's, I... Uses the exact same opening bars as the Indiana Jones theme song. Wow. <laughs> well, it's like well so, played, Uematsu. Well played. <laughs> so it's not the first game that just blatantly ripped off some section of the Indiana Jones theme. So yeah, but it was it was a nice touch because I mean that's like a two bar section that you only hear at the start of the track. For either of those yeah. songs, you don't hear it on when it goes into repeat or anything. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. So yeah, it's not as blatant. It's not the most blatant um, copying I have ever heard in a video game score. But oh, by no just, means. Oh, by no means. No, I'm, I'm still remembering Final Fantasy, uh, not Final Fantasy, um, Legend of Mana. Mm -hmm. um, the mountains theme and and Legend of Mana bear. Part of it bears a strong resemblance to the song Swing Town. Huh. Yeah. At least to me. So, mm -hmm. so are, do you guys have any video game music that you think obviously copies some, from something? Only, only ones that like are kind of famous for it. Uh, I remember like the Elect Man theme. Of uh, from uh, oh, Mega, Mega Man, Man 1. One is knocking off like an Aerosmith song. <laughs> um, uh, I remember uh, Weirdwad had a YouTube video showing how this, um, like the main overworld theme from a, a, a PS1 RPG called Community Palm, mm -hmm. was like it used part of the core melody of La 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 means I love you. Mm -hmm. And it actually got a um, like cease and desist, please take it down note from the from the music uh, company that owns that song. Mm. So, 
he was rather annoyed about that. Oh, and just just for the record, it, uh, just to correct myself, it's a journey song that it sounds suspiciously like. Oh, okay. But yeah, Community Palm also had boss battles that started off with the dragnet. Dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> That's a really iconic one. That's a weird one to see. Yeah, I mean, it does. It goes dun dun dun, dun and then it goes bring 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 like a mouth harp. <laughs> It's it's just the the composer for that game had a lot of fun, and we're not sure why or what he was smoking or anything, but it was a lot of fun. At least he had a good time. Can't take yeah. that from him. Yeah. And then I mean, there are games that had songs based on like Sakura, London Bridges Falling Down, Jingle Bells, a few others yeah. I can think of. You can kind of get away with those a little more easily because I think most of those are public domain. But yeah. Yes, but Jingle Bells. Was the was the song playing while fighting the homicidal maniac boss of the first scenario in Linda Cube? Of course, because when he shows up, he is dressed up as a bodybuilding Santa Claus with a face yep. with a with a um, like a Friday the Thirteenth hockey mask on over it. Sounds like everything I've ever heard about Linda Cube. <laughs> oh, there! That's not the weirdest part of that fight. Um. <laughs> Scared? I hope someone translates this someday. Yeah. Uh, w- one good thing to remember about Linda Cube is that w- back in the 90s when they were arguing over whether or not video games should have warning labels for violent scenes and grotesque imagery, literal yeah. translation, Linda Cubed is one of the games that got mentioned by name in this discussion. Wow. Uh, that's That's some kind of history. That's still better than... So it still beats what we get to talk about, which is everyone acting like Night Trap was some sort of, like, snuff film. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, see, the, the the moral outrage folks in America really had to work to get a lot of their material. And Japan was just like, hold my beer. Actually, no, hold my sake. There we go, hold my sake. And let's go for this. Yeah. I'm not sure when they actually started putting Sarah ratings on in Japan. It was the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the yeah. uh, the triangular uh, violent scenes and grotesque imagery stamp dates back to like 1997 or so. Yeah, that might also explain why, like, for a very long time, I, I was always curious why Capcom games, when they made M-rated games, they would always have, like, this game contains scenes of... And then something specifically talking about like extreme violence and gore, that sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, that was probably to do with that. <laughs> it is exactly to do with that. This is also the reason why uh, most of the Resident Evil games, all of the GTA games and several other American based um, action heavy RPGs are all given a Z rating in Japan. Yeah. Sarah zombies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just um for Japan, I mean, you have to wonder. Um, they actually, I think they rate the violence, um, like the gory aspects of the violence and the crime more heavily than just shooting people. Yeah, you can get away with a lot more if it's like obviously unrealistic or yeah. like not a direct criminal act. <laughs> yeah, but one of the things I liked was um, what Nintendo did with the 3DS packaging. Yeah where you could tell from the spine of the game case whether or not it was um, C, um, Cero C or above or below. 
Hmm, interesting. Yeah, if it was um, C, D, or Z, very rare Z, then it would be a different color. That's interesting. Yeah, it would be a black um, spine instead of a white one. I can't even imagine what 3DS game might have warranted a Zero Z game. <laughs> it was a Resident Evil game. Oh, it must have been Revelations, yeah. Yeah. I completely spaced that that would have probably almost immediately <laughs> uh, earned that rating. But yeah, okay, that explains some other things about like how uh, some of the three S boxes I've seen that are just like a different color, and it's like what, what? spines, I guess, yeah. are a different color, and it's like why is that? And it's like oh, yeah, <laughs> just check the letter on the the bottom of the of the spine, yeah. and you'll you'll see a huge correlation there. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I uh, can't get too deep into questions since Wheels is temporarily a miss out of here. Um, yes, my what's right, my sympathies. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Trying to stretch as long as we have to. Um, so, uh, any signs of impending monster hunting? I don't know. I know I'm not. I don't. I know you aren't, but any signs that uh, of any excitement? I guess there wouldn't be as much just because people aren't going to be going out as much. But yeah. Well, um, this. One art museum downtown is having a Yoshitaka Amano exhibit again. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The uh, last time it came through was about five years ago, I think. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't like fully, I don't know the full breadth of what Amano does in Japan. He does a lot of stuff, but it's all yeah. very conceptual and everything that. Everything looks a bit like um, Vampire Hunter D. Yeah, yeah. He kind of never left that aesthetic behind. No. I mean, to be fair, I mean, Toriyama never left his aesthetic behind anywhere. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like, you just sort of, well, this is what I want to draw. I'm going to draw this. Mm -hmm. The difference being that uh, the games that use Toriyama's artwork really leaned in on the style. Yeah, it was possible to approximate Toriyama's artwork, whereas I don't. You, I still think you'd have difficulty making a game that looks like a mono illustrations. Yeah, though he did do this adorable little short cartoon series called New York Salad. Huh. Um, Vegetable fairies, New York Salad. It was like a two minute, two minutes per thing every morning. I have to look that up. I have a friend who sounds like they'd be into that sort of thing. Let's see. I think he was also involved in some OVAs way back in the day. Uh, yeah, this one was in the last decade or so. Yeah, back in the day, I know that he was involved with Angel's Egg, which was a. Uh, uh, yeah, wow, back in the 80s, which is when someone would have had an appetite to fund such a thing, but it was a uh, OVA that was a combination 
of Amano and Mamoru Oshii, which means that it was basically a lot of uh, sitting and thinking about things and not actually a lot happening, but it's very pretty. <laughs> Here we go. I found it for you. Let's see if I can actually open the chat thing again. Oops, that's not the right button. Oh, there it is. I'm back, by the way. Oh, hey. Yay, welcome back. We'll have to send this along to a friend after I inspect it. Um, and thank you. Uh, Wales, why do you do this? What, this is for the enjoyment of the viewers. They're not going to have fun with this. <laughs> also, you're not even going to get to a fight. Which game is it? Persona 3 Portable. It is, because I'm actually going to skip Persona through all the story. Uh, it, it takes almost an hour to get to the first battle. Not if you skip through all the text, because you've already played this game. <laughs> have you played the girl side? I have not. Uh, you can't completely skip all of it, but... Uh, yeah, well, uh, I, can, I can burn my dread. How about that? That is, that is true. That is an option. See, Tam enjoys me suffering. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying Wheels isn't even going to reach the point where he can suffer. Mm -hmm. I'll take that bet. <laughs> nice. It's like on those cooking shows where they show you how to set up the, the pie for baking, and then you say, okay, but we already finished one, so here, here's what it looks like now. Because <laughs> we don't want to make you wait like 90 minutes at 370 degrees. And I'm not going to lie, the evokers were a really dopey concept. Yeah, there's a lot of dopey things in Persona 3, and I, I feel bad yeah. bagging on Persona 3, because I enjoy the game itself. I, say, I, I remember um, when my brother was um, going in for his psych major, he really actually liked that aspect of Persona 3. Really? Because um, he was talking, was the conversation involved things like Jungian archetypes and the will to Basically, the will to kill yourself, I mean, literally, yourself as persona to attain power. Yeah. And he, he really liked the imagery involved there. Like, I, I would say that works if it weren't for the fact that halfway through the game, someone brings up that they're not actually sure why they're shaped like guns. So. <laughs> the, they aren't sure. Yeah, it's just one of those yeah. things where, like, the, the psychological factor is less in play when the characters themselves aren't aware of it. They really should have had some ex um, expert just explain it at some point. Yeah, they, they briefly do, but it's also a 100-hour game. Yeah. There's actually more calendar days in this one than I think in any of the others. Because this one goes up to January 31st. Whereas 4 and 5 both uh, traditionally more end in December. Which makes this portable version being breezier very nice. Yeah. Like this is as good of a version as you could hope for of Persona Three. It's just I, it's uh, it's doing some things that I don't terribly care for on purpose, and it's just one of those like, eh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Enter your first name. Uh, last name. I remember having a quite a job coming up with what this character's name ought to be. There you go. Which character? 
uh, the <laughs> Gaiden. Uh, <laughs> but the 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 female protagonist, because it's just like I I never actually sat down and thought about what her name should be, so uh, I ended up making a shit post of a name and living with that. <laughs> Let's see. Let's start with the Japanese kanji for other, which is betsu, and then add a Japanese standard female ending ka that makes uh, beka, b e k b e k k a. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I uh, at the time I was like just strapped for like, well, what do I name this character? And I remembered my personal favorite attempt at. Like a, a Japanese attempt to approximate what an English girl's name might sound like <laughs> that just misses the mark ever so slightly on two different actual names. Because there is a Dreamcast game, a Dreamcast horror game called Carrier, and mm-hmm. the protagonist of that game's named Jessifer. And that name was so utterly ridiculous to me that I yeah. couldn't really say no. <laughs> so I went through went through Persona 3's girl side as Jessifer. Nice. Uh, and it's, it, it's kind of funny when an, an English speaking studio does something similar, though. Oh like yeah, I, yeah, I'm remembering um, uh, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes DS. Oh, yeah. The uh, the succubus girlfriend for one section, her name was Jezebeth. You sound ridiculous when you do that. Just say Jezebel. It, it gets at what you're getting at. Yeah. <laughs> and at some point you start sounding like um, Nippon Ichi, um, female protagonist names. <laughs> Razbarrel. That reminds me of how much I was very amused when... Uh... Final Fantasy VII remake stuck to the canon. The side character Avalanche member Jesse's last name is Raspberry. Really, I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, it, it's kind of buried in material, but it is in there, and the English version stuck with it. Mm-hmm. This version also had to give character portraits to characters that had basically never had them before, which is kind of amusing. <laughs> Oh, guys. Get out of here, Junpei. It's Junpei. Yay. Get out of here. Um, uh, You do, in fact, meet Mitsuda's family. It's true. It became less of a thing in uh, 3 and 4. Don't want to get into spoilers about 2, so... I do remember, I do believe I still own Junpei's hat, because they gave that away for pre-orders. Of... I have a funny story about Junpei's hat. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> I was wearing that at an amusement park. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and now you don't have it anymore. No, I do. I was wearing it going down one of those, you know how he, like a raft and you go down like a water slide thing? Yeah. Is that sort of ride? I went down and we got to the bottom and I realized that I no longer had the hat on. And thankfully, somehow, the person behind me, you know, how everybody puts their hands up, had put their hands up and the hat flew into their hand. 
That was very that's lucky. Yeah. So that I reminds think... me of doing a. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you too much. I think uh, I still have it somewhere, but yeah, I almost lost it in hilarious fashion. That reminds me of uh, going on one of those kinds of rides and losing something much more important because I I lost my glasses. Oof. And uh, the. I was lucky. I did manage to recover them, but it took a bit. And like, it was one of those rides where they like take a picture of the, of every, of everyone as they're like during the last section where, uh, you know, just to, I guess, uh, you know, you can keep the picture if you like pay them to print it or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> it ruined the picture because, everyone else is like doing whatever and I'm just looking pissed because <laughs> it's just like oh no where are my glasses this is going to be a problem uh, yeah so uh, well now we can we can move forward discussion uh, we can probably bring up a question if we have any Yes. Uh, oh, before we do that, though, I actually have another yes. funny story oh, no. from from last night. Uh, as you know, I was trying to do get to and beat the final boss of Dragon Quest Seven while we were recording. Yeah. Which I did after we finished recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was in the ending sequence where you kind of go around the world and talk to everybody and get congratulated, and close my 3DS to put it to sleep so I can go get a drink or something. And then, oh. and then, you know, immediately realized that hey, I'm running like hacked streaming software on this thing. Um, oh, maybe no. closing the lid and putting it to sleep wasn't a good idea. And as it turns out, it wasn't. <laughs> oh dear. So oh, I had to no. go back and fight the, the last boss again. <laughs> How'd that go? Um, nearly disastrous, but managed to recover my party and successfully beat the boss the second time. Congratulations. You winner. But yeah, that's it. All right. Questions. (laughs) So we do have some on the website. Oh, on comments. Crawl put a couple on the last one, I think. Nice. Yeah, those weren't there last night, so we got lucky. And no, actually, I think they were there because uh, they're they're pretty far down here. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think we've been there for a few latest, days now. Actually, latest question on Discord. We did last oh, okay. night. Oh, okay. Never mind. They were yesterday. So okay, or yeah. for me. Uh, so his first one is, "Well, forgive me if you've answered these already, but I think they might have been missed." He hasn't finished 202 yet, so I'm not sure if he has or not. What are your favorite one-shot RPGs which never got a sequel but should have? Did we answer this one, or did you guys? I don't remember. Uh, I don't recall answering this. So. Try. Okay. Favorite one-shot RPGs that I feel should like have. You're going to have more of these, but I know. I mean, some of my favorite one-shot RPGs should never have a sequel. <laughs> It's true, but that uh, it wasn't saying you want a sequel. It's just your favorite one-shot yeah. RPG. I have a good one. Hmm? Even, uh-huh. even though it got a spiritual successor, uh, Legend of Legacy. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would like another game that's more like that. Like, 
here's Alliance this. Alive. It's cool, but you'd also like more Legend of Legends. So. Right. Like the yeah. here, here's this weird island. Go figure out what's, what the deal with it is. Yeah. Mm. And possibly actually have some more character centric plot. Yes, exactly. We want to know why the Frog Prince is the way yes. he is. Make your choice of protagonist actually uh, important in anything. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. It's like there is no Legend of Legacy too. Yeah. But well, yeah, so you can, also you can make Alliance the argument alive. that it is. You can make the argument that it is Alliance Alive. Yeah, but they're different enough that I would say that a Legend of Legacy two would not necessarily look like the Alliance Alive. And I would also like an Alliance Alive too. So. That. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I'll keep track of your bet while you're gone, Tam. Um... <laughs> and I accidentally closed out my web browser. So, uh, Do we want so... to move on to the next question? Because I haven't thought of one yet. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. One, good one-shots that should have a sequel. Um... <laughs> okay, never mind. This is a lot harder than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely think of things that shouldn't have had a sequel, but... <laughs> yeah. And a couple, quite a few that where the sequels don't really match up with anything. Yeah. Um, and a few that did have a sequel, but nobody realized it. So... There's a fun one there. You know... Uh, mm-hmm. No, that, that one had one. Hmm. Uh, hmm. This is a surprisingly difficult question. Yeah, yeah. That has a spinoff, but I'm not. I'm not counting it because there was a sequel, in, a proper sequel in production that didn't happen. So, um, hmm. Okay. Anything. Love Steve Chronicles. question uh, yeah. Cam since you missed it the question is your favorite one shot RPGs which never had a sequel but should have yeah I mean because I mean some of my favorite one shots are things like Moon which having a sequel would defeat the entire moral of the story yeah <laughs> yeah or um, let's see another one that came to mind was Live Alive which I'm not sure how that would work because it's technically its own sequel seven times over yeah, Live Alive is D- neat, though. Ditto for Linda Cubed. Listen, we gotta, we gotta send... We need a fourth-dimensional Linda. Oh, I'm, I mean, the uh, the final version on Sega Saturn had a fourth scenario. Okay, fifth-dimensional. So, um, yeah, so if they ever do a remake and they base it on this, the full version with all four scenarios, I really hope they do make it Linda Hypercubed. Let's see. Yeah, I just I just really want Steampunk Chronicles 2 to have happened, and it didn't. Aww. They they showed a trailer. It was in production on PS3. So relaxing. So I remember a question on Quora about from somebody saying, well, 
I really loved this obscure, this one obscure game for a DS. It was um, Eco Creatures. And were there any other good ones that you know of? And I'm like, okay, here's the first one on my mind, Eco Creatures 2. And she was like, there's a sequel? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was Japan only, so I don't blame her for not knowing it, but yeah, just the reaction was perfect. That does remind me of the time that I was like listening to a panel at a uh, at a convention, and for some reason, the subject of Seaman uh, for Dreamcast came up, and someone on the panel was like, "Oh, I really wish that there was a sequel to that," and I had to like go up at the end of the panel and just like show them my phone with an image of Seaman Two on it. <laughs> that game absolutely came out just not in english yep that's that's a common issue yeah yeah basically anything that was really popular enough to have a sequel and actually work with a sequel would have a sequel yeah also uh tam brings up magical star sign which is a sequel although i'm yes. not sure if that was the joke uh, yeah, uh, Magical Star Sign was the sequel to GBA game Magical Vacation. Yes. Which... And it was fairly improved on the original. Yeah, Magical Vacation was, like... There there were indications that they intended to localize it at one point, but it just never happened. It got its own spread in Nintendo Power Magazine one year. When it's yeah, one they they clearly intended at one point to localize it and ended up not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having a cast of like 17 to 20 different characters might do that. <laughs> yeah. But also like Brownie Brown's stuff with Nintendo kind of had like bad luck to begin with mm. on that. They also mean, they were the Mother Three uh, contract dev as well. Yeah. Oh, but they also did Sword of Mana. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, they were also the I mean not as Brownie Brown, but there was the same guys who did Legend or um, yeah, Legend of Mana. Yeah, yeah. So, Brownie Brown is uh, they they made very nice sprites. They were uh, beautiful sprite work, and. They had a lot of cool ideas that should have waited until the 3DS and Street Pass. <laughs> that would have been nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, the entire Amigo system was basically Street Pass uh, 10 years early. <laughs> <laughs> when it wouldn't work very well at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they now do it, a lot of contract work yeah. for Nintendo. I think Nintendo might own them. <laughs> Quite possibly. Yeah, on February 1st, 2013, the company announced on their original official website that as a result of their recent development cooperation efforts with Nintendo, Brownie Brown had undergone changes in internal structure, which included officially changing the name of the company to 1UP Studio. Mm -hmm. And they've only but, developed for Nintendo since. Yeah, but there's also Brownies, yeah. which is run by the guy who founded Brownie Brown, I think. Yep. Yep. And they've got a smartphone title out. That sounds right. Yeah. I forgot that this game just jumps you forward like two weeks at that point. Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. Going down, what's next on Curl's list here? Um, who are your favorite female protagonists in JRPGs? No, you skipped one. Oh. 
Uh, which one's got a sequel, which botched everything that made the original worthwhile? Chrono Cross. Ouch, going straight for the fangs, but also yes. Um, I like Chrono Cross, but also yes. It's like, you, it's you can like sequel. Chrono Cross, yes. but still admit that it is basically somebody's bad attempt at Chrono Trigger fan fiction that got somehow made official. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the eternal game that shall not be named Lunar Dragon Song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still so angry about that game. Uh, yeah. Um, Metal Mag Xeno. Yeah, that one hurts. Massively. <laughs> we can only pray that something good comes out of the uh, set of announcements here. At least they like. At least they know they fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I, I still love the fact that they are officially changing the name of the supposed sequel. Yeah, I would imagine that that is much less of a sequel than it may have initially started as. Man, something I noted in the Xeno Reborn review was that the uh, the ending scene with the three with the main character and his two best friends riding off into the sunset. Yeah. Does not exist in the remake. <laughs> That's just forget. Like that, that, when you do that in the remake that has a sequel coming to it, it it sounds like at some point late in the development of the remake they were like, "This has gone too far south. We're done." <laughs> yeah, realizations were made. At least they figured it out. And hey, metal dogs. And hey, success is actually producing a new Metal Saga game. That's still super weird. <laughs> With the apparent blessing of the original company. Yeah, that's what makes it weird. Uh, but yeah, those, are, those would be my immediate picks for... Oh, you just ruined this. Just throw it in the trash now. You got any wheels? Uh, sequels that ruined everything. Uh, you mean like Final Fantasy Legend 3? <laughs> hey, they made good on that one eventually. Eventually, yes. But at the time. If you're, if you're going to pick one from Saga, it's going to be unlimited. Is that really a sequel to anything, though? It is officially it's in Saga the series, game. so it counts as a sequel to something. Okay, that's fair. Well, that that made things more depressing. Let's move on. Uh, favorite female protagonist. Wait, hold on. I got a good one. I got a good one. Oh, God. Uh, Final uh-huh. Fantasy thirteen two. Wow. Mm. Soul still burns. I mean, even if you like that game, uh, it took what was good about the story of the original and threw it in a dumpster fire. Oh. It uh, it was an entire game of someone asking where lightning is. <laughs> yep. It's slightly unfairly, but it always makes me think of the the Poochie thing mm. in The Simpsons. When when Poochie is not on screen, people should be asking where's Poochie. But Poochie needs to be... Lightning needs to be louder, angrier, and have access to a time machine. (laughs) Well, you do travel through time a lot in that game. Yep, and then uh, for the third game, she's in a Groundhog Day loop. 
Yeah, which is like having access to a time machine. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little unfair, but it's what always sticks out to me is that that game is entirely someone asking where lightning is. <laughs> uh, let's see. But yeah, favorite female protagonists in JRPGs? Lightning? Well... <laughs> I was going to say, 13 had a good set of them, actually. Yeah. It's a very ensemble game, but it does have good uh, female leads where they're allowed to be. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Virginia Maxwell from uh, Wild on 3. Maxwell. Um, Roughly half the cast of Persona 5. <laughs> I was I was confining protagonists down to uh, character you play as, but someone who's actually a major character. So I mean, uh, they're all major characters. The, Fine. The prince, I'm the prince, principal character. Yeah, but yeah, the the viewpoint character, uh, which is why Virginia came to mind. Celeste and Terra from Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, those are good ones. Yeah, they're, they they get plenty of viewpoint. They get to count as protagonists. But, yeah, I mean, 6 is almost as much an ensemble cast as 13. Yeah, I would say even more so, just because like there are points where like it shifts perspective and you just... like If you play the game wrong, you'll just never get that protagonist, the, the perspective, original perspective holder again. Let me think what else... Um, there should be lots of good answers to this. Why is my brain not working here? Let's see. There's definitely a lot of, like, heroines that I'm a huge fan of, but, like, protagonist-wise, like, RPGs are, especially JRPGs, are quite, uh, like... Western RPGs are often dominated by uh, create like creatable heroes. Uh, yeah, but uh, Japanese RPGs are very pre- predominantly the protagonist is a teenage boy. Um, someone will definitely okay. Yeah, this is specifically to JRPGs, so no one has to get nervy if we don't uh, bring up Shepard from Mass Effect. Yep. But honorable mention given WRPG status. Um, uh, there's a lot of, like, the Atelier games are uh, primarily female leads. I think there's, oh, like, one to... or two that share spotlight. There's only, I mean, aside from Iris, there's only one yeah. that uh, has a male lead, so... Yeah, so there's there's a lot of good ones in Adelaide, from what I can tell. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Now, there's a way less uh, elegant animation, and I forgot that it has to play every time you S link up in this one, I think. <laughs> That that overwrought animation gets really funny when it gets to the point where you're uh, 
talking to uh like you're ranking up because you taught me through what a hamburger is <laughs> uh, I, I will bring up that uh as uh like i i like the uh, female protagonist of Persona 3 Portable more than the male one. That's fair. And that's partly because the, like like I've mentioned before, Persona generally gives some degree of definition to its silent protagonists to the point where you're kind of feeling out, like, the edges of, like, what their personality is. And when I started playing the game, I made the decision that I would always take a dialogue option that had a exclamation mark at the end of it because there almost always was one (laughs) (laughs) and it made her sound way more bubbly so that's what i went with nice and that was fun so i need to play this version sometime just to do that (laughs) see what i mean wheels but yeah uh Uh, it's just too bad what happens to said female or male protagonist at the end of this game yeah, yeah. It's still, I'm still angry. <laughs> I feel like my biggest issue when I try to go back to Persona Three is how much that the the S links tend to reward really sociopathic behavior, <laughs> like more so than the other ones. Because like on some level, like a lot of the S links will kind of reward you for telling people what they want to hear, but in three, especially in the male protagonist's ones, it's to an unsettling degree where it's like you're encouraging people to do things that's like, why are you like that? Why would you ever say this? <laughs> and that's why when I had to name the protagonist of three in uh, Persona Q, I named him Socio. First name Socio, last name Path. <laughs> uh, I just started... I just fired up uh, Persona Q2, and yeah. I'm interesting, interesting to see how they explain having both the male and female protagonist from 3 in that game. It's magic. <laughs> there. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's... Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I like the female protagonist in... Uh, Persona 3 Portable more because she comes off like, less like a mope. Uh, whereas the male protagonist seems like sort of a mopey sociopath. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's the ones that I can name off the top of my head. Uh, no dislike for Lightning, but she's not one of my favorites, which is, like, I'm trying to make sure that this has, like, this isn't just naming off everyone that I can think of. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of like Vanilla and Fang's... Um, yeah, I yeah, think I Vanilla and Fang are generally a little more interesting what their deal is and what they're doing. Yeah. It feels more like if anyone was going to be the actual protagonist, they, they would both do quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Lightning loses a lot of immediate sympathy from me because her immediate reaction is to help lead a child on a suicide mission. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh, Vanille and Saws have a very human reaction, which makes them easier to sympathize with. And mm. uh, Snow essentially gets knocked out and disappears for about 15 hours. 
Because yeah, that uh, game had some pa- interesting pacing issues. Mm-hmm. I, I'm convinced that they just had to like pull Snow out of the story at that point because he was the only one who was like trying to actively move the story forward, and they needed to get everyone else to that point. Because <laughs> it's just like everyone else is like trying to do something that is at best ill-advised and at worst actively dangerous mm-hmm. and counterproductive. So it's like, well, he's not doing anything. Uh, of use at the moment, but he is at least trying to move in the right direction, so there's a problem here. <laughs> Everyone else has to develop a bit before they're ready to do that. But that game's uh, that game has strong characters and an extremely messy plot, so... Yeah. I've said before, but it would have worked much better as a novelization where you didn't have to worry about how long it took to get them from point A to point B. Yeah, and you didn't have to stitch together all these dang assets because that's what we have. Yeah, and it turns. Looking at our assets, it turns out that Lightning and Hope will now be going through a junkyard. Why did we make a junkyard? Didn't think about it. Doesn't matter. It was pretty. It looks pretty. It's all everything well, it is was pretty. A very pretty junkyard. Yes. It's a weird thing to be saying in any context. <laughs> it's a very uh, handsomely rendered junkyard. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying it's weird to call a junkyard pretty. Yeah, it's yeah, true. It's true. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I'm just going to pretend that the protagonist of Linda Cube is named Linda. Um, actually, yeah. Okay. She's the love interest of the protagonist, but yeah. Oh. See, that's what and I'm she, trying I mean, to avoid. She... I want the actual viewpoint character. Well, I mean, she's also... I mean. You could say deuteragonist pretty well, but she's also um, one who disappears occasionally for various reasons, depending yeah. on, the, on the scenario. Oh, I just thought of another one. Uh, Maya from Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, even though I liked her better as a uh, non-protagonist because it meant she got to talk more. <laughs> <laughs> she just ta- she's, she's very chipper in Persona 2 Innocent Sin, and she doesn't really get the chance to be that as much in Eternal Punishment because she's the silent protagonist. Mm. Which does mean that you suddenly go from the silent protagonist of Persona 2 Innocent Sin being uh, a silent protagonist to suddenly he has a lot to say because he's a party member now. (laughs) I love Persona 2. Yeah, so, so those are some that I would pull out as favorites of mine. Uh... Unfortunately, unlike the protagonist of uh, Persona 2, uh, Innocent Sin, none of Maya's conversation options are to make motorcycle noises with the opponent. Can't remember if he can still do that in the remake. They simplified the conversation system in the remake, which makes it a little easier to deal with. But uh, I mean, it was it was cool when you could just, one of your options was to make noises at the opponent. And so, uh, because, like, your silent protagonist, you can't say things. So instead yeah. it just says, like, uh, make noises at them. And so, like, you'll just make motorcycle noises at them. Yeah. Persona is one of those games where you really shouldn't have too silent a protagonist. Yeah. They, uh, they've kind of, like, better worked out how silent the protagonist can be in the more recent ones to the point where it's more like the protagonist is just 
their dialogue is what you say it is. Yeah. Works better that way. Yeah. Uh, Persona 2 does make it work fairly well uh, in a relatively similar mold, but yeah. Oh, this does remind me, just looking at this, I just want to bring this up because it's one of the funniest things I've ever noticed. Uh, one of the stranger things about this remake is that is some of the changes to the script that they didn't make. Mm-hmm. Uh, most notably, uh, one of Mitsuda's first dialogues in the uh, early game is her explaining to you... Uh, make sure to change everyone's tactics. Good, good. Uh, is her explaining to you how the... Uh, what the different uh, uses are for each... Uh, like weapon type, but you can't actually use multiple weapon types in Persona 3 Portable. Like the uh, Persona 3 protagonist uses a short sword at all times, and the uh, the female protagonist, I think she's using like a naginata or something. But uh, you like the tutorial text is still in there where Mutsuru like explains the strengths and weaknesses of each uh, weapon type. Uh, but it's useless because you can't actually use the other ones. <laughs> mm. Which is just very funny to me. Also, as is often true of games with truly massive scripts, there's a couple of lines of uh, untranslated Japanese and Persona 3 Portable. <laughs> it happens. Which, uh... Oh, what? It happens. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, really incidental dialogue will occasionally just have, like, a couple of uh, Japanese characters escaped, and I'm mostly just surprised that they render correctly. But... Also, it feels weird to just have, like, this weird, like, uh, female-styled version of Orpheus. It does look a little strange. But they didn't, also just they didn't give her Eurydice? Going to, yeah, they didn't name her Eurydice. <laughs> I get that those have different meanings, but uh, mythological meanings, but I mean, they don't actually use Orpheus's mythological meaning very well in this. So. I mean, they're both connected to the Greek underworld, so sure. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fine to have them, like... There's a lot of confusion given that the seeming ultimate uh, persona of the protagonist in this is Messiah, which is not something that is associated with Orpheus in any fashion. But... No. Oh, well. Uh... Keep trying to press triangle to activate the skill menu in this game. That would be nice, wouldn't it? I have played way too much Persona 5, clearly. It makes it so much faster, it and does. it feels so much better. Alas. I forgot Yukari's uh, default persona is just a giant head. Uh, female protagonists, I thought of one a second yeah. ago. Uh, I don't remember her name, but the main character of Cosmic Star Heroine. Oh, yeah, I still yeah. play that. I've had it sitting on my Switch for like a year. Yeah. Good game. I'm going to look up her name just because I want to know. And I googled it, and Google knows me too well, so it took me to the Switch uh, version's info page. Oh, and uh, the the cast of uh, Magic Knight Rares. <laughs> yeah. The entire cast, yeah. Yes. 
they're they're great fun in both the anime and the show, uh, the and the game, and presumably yep. in the manga. Yeah, but. I need to watch the anime sometime. I grabbed that on Blu-ray not too long ago. The first season is uh, quite good. The second season has nowhere near enough material to actually make it work, and so it's very plotting. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, it's still kind of worth seeing, but it's one of those things like. So the I think the manga is like six volumes. And the first season is based off of the first three. And it's, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, that if you have any idea of how much uh, a TV show can cover versus a chapter of manga, you know that that's uh, a little worrisome. But the first season is uh, in a situation where they can just make filler episodes and it doesn't affect the flow of the plot. <laughs> In season two, they can't. The structure of the plot does not allow them to make filler episodes. So they are forced to take the second, much worse strategy of just make everything take forever. Oh. But the first season's a lot of fun. Highly recommended. Uh, love me some uh, Ray Earth. I love that game. Yeah, I still need to play it all the way through. I played the... I played some of it basically just to test out whether Saturn emulation was viable, and it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, never never finished it, which I need to. Oh, yeah, this freaking Arcana Chance thing. But I, I forgot this was... Negotiating was better than this, which is weird, because I normally hate demon negotiations. <laughs> I know, I got really, really good at picking the best cards out of that um, card game. It's more just that, like, it's not that they, it's not that it's hard, it's that it's time-consuming. Once you get to, like, some of the uh, weirder arcana chances. That's something that the, like, they they just kind of dropped entirely. Like, this one has a weird arcana chance system where half the time it's just like, here's an arcana chance to get, like, some of your health restored or a bunch of uh, big EXP boost. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think characters can also declare themselves to be tired in this game, but they can't actually leave anymore, and it doesn't actually do anything to their stats anymore. <laughs> Which is always... Uh... One of those uh, weirder things. Did, did anyone ever split up the party for any serious period of time? I'm just looking at um, this again. No, but I, I did features. have at least one fun episode where they were all being hunted by death and it was like slash. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like split, splitting the party in this fashion. There's, there's a lot of things that are like vestigial in this portable version just because they... Uh, they backported a lot of Persona 4's quality of life changes, like the uh, the every five or ten floors, the like proper warp point that doesn't matter anymore because you can just warp to whatever floor you were on last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, not to not to get too far into. Persona 3. I just every time I see it, I just remember how weird this game is. Um, oh, they did have the truncated one. Thank God. Uh, Burn my dread. Burn my bread. Yes. Dance while I put you in a trance. Um, I've been listening to a lot of the Persona dancing soundtracks. It's good stuff. 
Oh, nice. I need to listen to those more. They're good remixes. The games they're attached to aren't very good, but... Uh, I don't care. Because yeah. they gave us three soundtracks worth of remixed music, so they could be... Yeah, I especially need to listen to some Persona 5 dance soundtrack. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, let's see. It's got two different remixes of um, Life Will Change. Nice. And they're both great. Nice. Uh, do we want to hit this last crawl question? Sure. Or... Sure. Uh, is Mistwalker done once Sakaguchi retires? Kind of. Um, whatever makes an auteur-driven studio, isn't it? It's. It, I don't know how many people Mistwalker actually employs, but it feels like it basically exists so that uh, Sakaguchi has like a business to negotiate with. It'd be like saying, what's next for Armor Project once Yuji Hori leaves? Yeah. It, it's uh, an tour studio. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't see there being much will to carry it on once uh, Sakaguchi retires. Like, I'm sure that other people technically work there, but I don't see much uh, appetite to try to keep it going without him. Uh, people, people go to Mistwalker to get in, to get Sakaguchi to hire on hired on to things, there's like, there's a reason that Mistwalker didn't actually uh, develop on the technical side most any of their console games. It's like, uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember who actually was the credited developer on Lost Odyssey. Uh, it was Feel Plus. And I think Blue Dragon was Artoon, which is, I believe, now Toshima's studio, which I believe has gone defunct and reincarnated as uh, as Arzest, but I'm not certain of that one. Yeah, Blue Dragon was Artoon. Uh, Cryon was going to be Cavia, I think. Remember Cryon? Um, I think I've heard the name, but I don't recall anything about it. Yeah, well, that's because they, they showed a trailer and then never spoke of it again other than to cancel it. Um, and apparently, eventually, Sakaguchi released like a concept trailer of like what work was done on the game. But hmm. yeah, it was, it was some uh, action RPG that was to be developed by Kavia, which leads me to not be surprised that it probably wasn't coming along very well when they canceled it. Um, but yeah, like that's it. Uh, as for, and yeah, the, the second part of this question was, uh, will it ever make a notable console release again? Probably not. Um, there, there doesn't seem to be enough push to, uh, like get them to do that to to like uh get jungled up in console development again uh so uh it would it would really need to be like someone reaches out to sakaguchi and says we would like you to make a game here is the budget uh we will hire a we will hire a contract developer to do your bidding uh And the last question relating to this is any hope for Fantasian? I don't know if how that actually plays. Uh, 
I think the idea that they had where they made a bunch of like actual uh, dioramas to make pre-rendered backgrounds is neat, but it looks way, way worse and more off-putting now that you have like, you know, modern-ish character models standing on top of literal photographs. <laughs> it looks really off-putting in a way that I don't think it's supposed to. And also, it's currently an iOS-only game that I assume will probably find its way to, like, Switch or something else eventually. Maybe then I'll try it, but... Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, it, it might be neat. Uh, I find the art style really conceptually neat and really off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has anyone else actually looked at Fantasia? No. No. Not really. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's coming to Apple Arcade. That's an incredibly terrible name for that service does anyone use this has anyone met anyone who uses apple arcade no yeah it's their like premium game subscription service that they have like exclusive games for on ios and it's uh i don't know who's using it but it they keep shelling out money for it occasionally <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if if there's a whiff of gotcha in Fantasia, Fantasian, then uh, move that down to uh, I will never play it. But uh, yeah, apparently it's split into two parts, but it sounds like it has an actual like beginning, middle, and end. So you know, maybe it's not a gotcha game. I don't know. Um, the physical diorama thing seems to be like kind of the thing that they're marketing on, and it's it's, it's cute, but it. When you actually do it, it just looks like bad. Because, <laughs> again, like the, the, the most relevant comparison I could make in terms of what these character models look like is they look like character models from Bravely Default 2. Like that kind of look and style. Mm -hmm. And putting those on top of photographs of dioramas is really weird looking. <laughs> And I'm not convinced it's supposed to be as weird looking as it is. Probably not. But, yeah. So, like, it might be good, but I, I don't have a particular interest in it. Like, part, part of the issue is that they haven't done much to sell the game itself in English press, from what I can tell. They've just sort of, like, said it'll be on X. Apple Arcade, and uh, there'll be dioramas, and that's, you know, that's not a... Not much of a selling, like, there's... A, I got a lot of JRPGs to play, I'm not gonna lie. I got a lot. <laughs> so, you, you need don't a... We all, don't we all? You need a bit of a stronger selling point. Like, I, I like Sakaguchi, I'd be interested in seeing it eventually, but it's not a priority for me. Uh... Apparently, Uematsu said that Fantasian might be his last full soundtrack. Okay. After making music, according to this uh, uh, site I'm seeing that I've never heard of called nme.com. So just that's where the source is in case they're, they're citing back to a different interview. But basically, in this, he says, after making music for Fantasian for over a year, I feel that giving... 
My everything for one soundtrack might become difficult in the future, both from a mental and physical perspective. Composing the soundtrack for a big RPG is time consuming, and once you're at it, there's no time for anything else. He had like a he had cancer at some point, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah, I can kind of see why he might want to put the days of making a full giant like uh, multiple CD soundtrack for a game behind him. Now that I've composed so much music in my life, I want to create more opportunities to play music in front of people in the future rather than just working on the next game. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, might be interesting, but I have no particular like desire to bump it to the top of a very long list. <laughs> <laughs> Man, remember when Persona games let you just do a social link during the day and go to the dungeon at night, and it kind of made the pacing really strange. <laughs> yeah, funny how they stopped doing that. Yeah, yeah, there was there was never a reason to not go to Tartarus unless someone said that they were sick. <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, there's only so much Tartarus I can take before my brain starts to die. What, you know, um, like generic random dungeons? I'm not huge on them, as it turns out. Uh, hmm. Gutter Ball. <laughs> Are you doing that on purpose? No! <laughs> What else we got for questions? Uh, that's, I think, it for, uh, for all. new ones. So we'd have to we dig into the big list. Is that nothing new on the Discord? Uh, doesn't appear so. Not since last night, anyway. Let's double check, just in case. Uh, let's see. Internet died. Yeah, nothing new since last night, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, no, it looks like we're just going to dig into the list. Shake to the right, shake to the left. I'll be the only master that will give all the necessary skills to build the guitar so you can play in hell. You come far. Okay, which trend? What are we singing? Uh, I was singing the uh, first stage theme from Um Jammer Lammy, which was. Uh, I was going to say, is this Parappa the rapper or what? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it is the uh, same uh, master from the first stage of Parappa the rapper, but it's. From Um Jammer Lammy, uh, in that one, it's it's a very strange uh, uh, section because it's a dream, but it's like a prophetic dream because he's rapping about all the stages you'll have to do. <laughs> so he's like, when he starts talking about, uh, he'll be the he'll be the only master to teach all the skills uh, necessary skills to build the guitar, which is stage five. Uh, so you can play in hell, which is stage six. <laughs> And was actually censored in the U.S. version, uh, for whatever reason. 
uh, in the uh, Japanese and European versions, he just says, uh, you'll play in hell. And then that section of the game has a cutscene where Lammy gets, uh, like, slips on a banana peel and dies. <laughs> and then <laughs> you have to you have to play guitar for an idol in hell in order to uh, earn the right to come back to life. In the English version, they changed, they changed it in such a way that the meter no longer works at all. Like they had to, because he's foreshadowing the rest of the game and because they were trying to get rid of the word hell to begin with, they changed it so that he says, so you can play on an island. And they changed the cutscene so that instead of slipping on a banana peel and dying... Lammy, like, gets caught, like, some of her clothes get caught on a doorknob, and, like, they stretch super far, and it, like, slingshots her across the ocean onto an island for some reason. <laughs> Very strange. Even, like, one of the strangest things that they could have gone with. Uh, I'm not sure why they felt the need to censor it to begin with, but uh, there's there's your... Uh... uh Parappa the Rapper. Uh, I have lurking in my brain for some reason. Uh, if pressed, I can sing at least a few lyrics from almost every song in each of those three games. Do not uh, test me. Wouldn't want to. <laughs> for the matter, you could just be making it up. I wouldn't know the difference. Now put put these kids kids to sleep, will ya? <laughs> see. Um, I'm looking at the big list. Uh, there's a couple that are related that I feel like answering. We'll need to jump back to 24 eventually, but. Uh, 26 and 27. Is Code and 3 worse than its predecessor, or is it just a 2 set up uh, the expectation unrealistically high? Uh, so who here played Code and 3? Not I've not much. played any Suicoden 3, actually. <gasps> okay, then I'll, then I'll rattle this off really quickly. Uh, it happens, dude. It happens. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, Code and 3's problem is that it's uh, slow. It's really, really slow. <laughs> Uh, so it has a lot of good content, but uh, it takes a much longer time to care. <laughs> and so I, I think that that's like it, it's one of the first times where you like you would play like three code and two is really, really long, but it moves faster. So it doesn't feel as long. Uh, whereas like three uh, code and three is also really, really long, but it takes a lot longer for things to play out. And so it, it just doesn't work as well. Uh, it just, it, it ruins the pacing. It's paced like a, it's built to be paced like a 2d game and it's slow, like a, an early 3d game. It's a shame. Yeah. Uh, I, I do really like some things. Oh, that does bring us back to something. Uh, one of Kroll's questions. Uh, Sweet Code and 3 has a cool female protagonist. Oh, cool. That can be the primary protagonist, depending upon how you choose to play. Uh, because that one had multiple uh, possible protagonists. 
like each of them each of them depending upon which one you ultimately chose uh one of them would become like the flame champion or whatever and uh the and become the uh primary protagonist uh but one of them chris lightfellow is like this uh cool like general night lady that it's kind of a fun one to have as a protagonist but uh yeah um but yeah i think i think the biggest problem with uh three golden three is just that it's it's slow (laughs) (laughs) like it's it sucks but i mean there's only so much i remember uh there's a fairly uh insightful review i remember uh, reading for it uh in the official playstation magazine at the time that was basically like just talking about how, like, uh, about 18 hours in, I finally got really wrapped up in the story. And then I'd like, uh, but, like, you know, that's that's too long. It is too, that has officially taken too much time. <laughs> like, uh, the way that they described it was, uh, like, that, that was kind of the buildup the review had, was that, like, they started with, like, you know, 18 hours is a, a fair amount of time. You could play through the entirety of Sue Code in one. You could... Uh, do your laundry. You could, you know, go out and uh, go grocery shopping. Do all of those in the time that it takes for Sui Coden Three to really get going, and that's, you know, that's going that's to turn a lot of people true. off. <laughs> but it does have all those ducks in it, though. These weird <laughs> ducks. Those are fun. <laughs> MR ducks. You just don't know. But yeah, uh, and that that leads us into question twenty-seven, which is why does Auden Chronicle go to the faux two D look instead of full three D like later suit code titles? I think it's to I, I think mm-hmm. it's in part to you know, uh, it encourages making the game a little faster. Mm-hmm. Like the environments are inherently a little smaller, a little less of a job to navigate. So you know. Uh, Making it look a bit more like Octopath might help them in that fashion. Well, this is this battle's already going great. Quite. Oh. Huh? Nothing. Yeah. Oh, that's no good. It's fine. Just picked Maniac difficulty. All is fine. Yeah. Well, I, I I asked you already why you did that. I don't think I'm ever going to get an answer. Because okay, replace that with I don't think I'm ever going to get a good answer. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, pacing is a big deal, and one of the strongest things about Suicode and one in particular, and two to a slightly lesser extent, is that they're always pushing forward. They're very. Uh, you don't have to spend a long time waiting for them to get where they're going. Like, cause like, I mean, three code one's like 12 hours long and it tells a full and satisfying story with decent character development in that time. They really had to just, I, I really feel like you should be running at the stage. But... <laughs> well, that answered that question. Uh, but yeah. Um, you know, like, Siri Coden 1 and 2, one of their strongest 
assets is that there's very little reason to put them down because they get you lodged into the story very quickly and three and three and onward kind of we're less good at that five is still really good but it's still not anywhere near as zippy as the original so i think that's probably part of why they went with the faux 2d look as well Hmm. let's see um here's one you guys uh might have more to say about do you okay. see yourself still playing RPGs after you've reached a certain age point? Is there a thing, such a thing as growing out of RPGs? No. Oh, gee. <laughs> like, okay, what, how old am I right now? Did, uh, did, did, okay, we're going about going on a good thirty or three decades plus of RPGs. I don't yeah. see it stopping anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like, uh, for all of us, but especially for both of you, if that age was going to come, it would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's uh, I, I've definitely met people who grew less patient with the, with RPGs, and like to some extent, like I I don't like when when I was a child who had a lot of spare time, I would play RPGs just indiscriminate of their quality, essentially. And like <laughs> I haven't reached that point ever. Uh, I haven't reached that point again. But I've played uh, a whole bunch of weird games anyway. Yeah, no, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, if a game is strictly mediocre rather than weird, I'm less likely to sit around playing it. I would not get rid of Orpheus and Apsaurus because Cadenza is very useful. Unless Cadenza's not in this version. Who is Cadenza? Cadenza is a fusion spell, which might have been removed from this version, but it basically it restores 50% of HP to all party members and boosts evasion. If that's still in there. Okay. Yeah, it's an Orpheus and Apsaurus fusion spell in Persona 3. Uh, yeah, in Persona 3. Uh, in Persona 3 portable... Oh, Cadenza is an item in this one. Okay, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just one of those things like... My patience for games that are strictly mediocre rather than weird has gone down, but uh, my desire to keep playing RPGs has re remained quite strong, and I continue to play tons of them, old and new. But, yeah, I'm thinking that we are probably not the best people to ask this question in the first place. Yeah, yeah, we willingly like associate ourselves with a site called RP Gamer. I think we're kind of we are self-selecting for loving this genre as long as possible. I yeah. just finished two 100-hour RPGs. In preparation so that you'd be able to play another one that will take up hundreds of hours of your life? Yes. When I was left to my own devices when the pandemic started and I suddenly needed to fill a lot of time, I just played hundreds of hours of RPGs. So yeah, uh, yeah I don't see that really changing anytime soon. Uh, 29 this one seems like something up wheels alley alley do you have any limited editions of game consoles you want to own yes do tell 
confess. Uh, there's a really nice uh, Dissidia PSP. Huh. There's like a million like weird PSPs. Yeah, I already have the portable third PSP, which is very nice. Uh, is that like, what you're streaming off of? Yes, yeah. I got one. Also, did you oh. just die again? It's not important. Uh, <laughs> I got. I, an... I remember. I remember seeing a Saga Two Specialty DS in the store once, and I oh, sounds great. Was really annoyed that I really I couldn't afford it and couldn't really justify getting it. I think there was a Scarlet Grace Vita that I almost bought once off of PlayAsia, and by the time I actually considered doing it, it was long gone. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. typically go in for limited edition consoles. I usually just, I I'm too much of an early adopter, and I don't typically feel regret for not having a slightly different console. I do have my my Japanese PS2 is hot pink, which I believe was produced in limited <laughs> quantities, and I do love that with all of my heart and soul. But you know. Less, uh, uh, that was that was something I fell into rather than something I actively sought out. It was just like someone offering to sell off their Japanese PS2 right when I was like really getting into importing PS2 games. So it's like this will be handy, and it was. What was I going to say? There was a... brings up that this is not Persona 2, which is what the stream still says you're playing. Uh, all right. Well, fine. I'll go back to Persona 2. How about that? Oh, I... don't twist your arm. Uh... And thank you for following, Flower Heart. Yeah. Um... Uh... Yeah. No, I've never like specifically sought after a limited edition oh wait there there was one that i tried to go after it was the uh the majora's mask 3ds ah yes had a really cool design on it that yeah. i was not able to get hold of there was uh a nice persona q 3ds i have a friend who has that oh nice uh i almost bought a used one one time but i mean at this point I, I can't, I mean, they're not even that expensive. I just can't really justify. You don't need another 3DS. That yeah. is, with the new 3DS, I can't justify buying a non-new 3DS. Yeah, like what What purpose could this possibly serve? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very pretty, though. Um, but yeah, I don't typically uh, go in for these, but yeah, that... Since I like that was one of those cases where it was like the Majora's Mask new 3DS came out at the same time that the new 3DS was coming out, and I was determined to buy one of those. So it was a case of if I can get hold of it, I'll get the Majora's Mask one, yeah. but I couldn't, so I didn't. Yeah, I got the Monster Hunter 4 new 3DS, which is baller. Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate? Yes. I wasn't sure if you were talking about having gotten a new 3DS from the Japanese version of Monster uh, Hunter 4. No, no. Uh, yeah, so that would be that would be my one experience of attempting to get that. Yeah. Oh, and I got a uh, regular 3DS. It's um, it's from some Dragon Quest game. I think the first Monsters game. 
Oh, you tamed this that. Has, I tamed. This has like some slimes on it. It's kind of nice. I'm curious what the what the date is on this first save file. 2011. Dizam. Oh, I was going to say, I looked at the time and thought I played 21 hours, but no, three hours. Yeah, three hours of playtime, you were playing it at like 8 p.m. That's a weird time. It's over a decade old. It's, uh... It's weird to think, oh, I already knew wheels at that point. <laughs> I'm uh, old. Friends forever. <laughs> oh, this nerd. Mishima? Is that you? No, this is the male <laughs> protagonist from Shin Megami Tensei If. Oh. Mm-hmm. A different deep cut there. Yeah, yeah. The, this was kind of the last point where they were like uh, interested in uh, making it clear that this franchise and Shin Megami Tensei, if we're related, which is in part because, I mean, who remembers Shin Megami Tensei if at this point, even in Japan? <laughs> yeah. So the entire Snow Queen quest in Persona 1 was a reference to it. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't even get that until uh, the PSP re remake, so. Uh, Persona. I just, I love the, the way that this game just interacts with the idea of, well, people, rumors tend, rumors become real in this world. So our, so our job is to... <laughs> spread rumors so that we <laughs> can much get possible, useful yeah. ones to be real. nerd. I think he's supposed to be also related to uh, Satomi Tadashi of the, like, pharmacies, but I can't remember. Why the hell do I tell you the password so I can buy weapons? Turns out that she doesn't seem to think that there is one. Oh. Maybe you should find someone who can convince a bunch of people that this is the case. Joker? Do I summon Joker again? No. How would you do that? <laughs> it went so well the first time. She tried to kill you and called you a thief. I'm not sure what you're expecting. Uh, maybe it'll be Joker from Persona 5 this time. That would be quite a choice. <laughs> uh, Tam, Wheels did in fact get into several fights in P3P, so you're on the hook now. Yes. I die. I wiped at least three wiped times. Multiple times. <laughs> the pain was real. Uh, I don't oh. understand you. Okay. Speaking of rumors and rumor mongering, yeah, yeah. The yeah, the current area I'm in for this bizarre game I'm playing. Um, mm -hmm. In order to get up to get up the mountain to the av um, to the monastery, there's an avalanche blocking the way, and in order to get rid of the avalanche, I have to 
literally convince everybody else um, living on the mountain that the avalanche does not exist. <laughs> huh. And say that, yeah, we that it was all a hoax on TV and that some guy told you that it wasn't actually real and so it must obviously not be real. Hmm. This appears to be working, which is even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> we also need to go to the detective agency. Oh, thank you. I think uh, I think the detective agency in this is also tied in with uh, Raidoku Zunoha. It's the Kuzunoha Detective Agency, isn't it? Yeah, I think I, I would imagine Raido was conceived on the basis of the existence of the Kuzunoha Detective Agency, but well, the Kuzunoha Detective Agency was actually um, like the the t- main guy was the oh, the the protagonist of Devil Summoner. Yeah, was the head of that detective agency. Yeah. Oh, and, you weren't. And Raido was his ancestor. Yeah, yeah. You weren't here. Uh... When we were discussing this, but there's a, a there is an a well in progress fan translation of Original Devil Summoner finally. Oh, cool! Also, here's Tamaki, the other protagonist from Shin Megami Tensei. If interesting, she looks much less like a Dorcas. <laughs> but... I was gonna say there are like f- three or four different partner characters in If. Yeah, she's dating Tadashi for some reason. <laughs> I love that the game's narration just said, for some reason. Like, the game's narration is not ready to make heads or tails of this relationship. Either that or somebody translated a section of Japanese way too literally. No, this game's localization is actually really good. I think that they were doing very specifically, like, for some reason. (laughs) Because the other thing is that, like, it's made very clear that she's quite, like, collected and competent, and Tadashi's a yutz, so... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, also, I like this gigantic Manaki Neko that's just here for some reason. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Tam, I don't want to contemplate that, and I'm not even going to read it. <laughs> not going to read it out loud. No one has to think about that. Uh, Flowerheart says there will be so many jokers. So yeah, jokers. get ready for that. Although that you might not, you'll you'll get fewer jokers than advertised unless you're willing to see both of these games through to the end. <laughs> but, well, that makes me wonder: was naming was the code name for Joker and Persona Five a deliberate reference to Persona Two? I think they're just both referencing the same thing. Because, like, when you when you summon Joker in this, he talks about like being a trump card. I gotcha. So, like, it's them, like, referencing the concept of, like, this is the wild card. But, yeah, I, this, I, I love the, the general cast and plot of this game because it's, it's a great cast and it's an utterly wild plot. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, and also the dungeons aren't in first person they aren't in first person they're still relentlessly cruel though that's okay at least I can have some idea of where I'm going <laughs> also Tam I totally understand it's just one of those things like I don't want to think about it <laughs> uh, but yeah um, 
But yeah, uh, one of the nice things about this is that this is not just like a scripted thing. There's an, a system where you can like alter things by spreading rumors. Uh, so you can like pay the Kuzunoha detective agency to like spread rumors that say this like Japanese toilet yokai exists and then you can go fight it. Like that sort of thing. <laughs> toilet yokai, you say? Yeah. Hanako? Yeah, Hanako. <laughs> There's a classic rumor there. Yeah, so of course, uh, if in a game where you can spread rumors to make them real, Hanako is one of them. I, I mean, I remember playing Shin Megami Tensei If and Hanako was actually an encounter. Yeah, yeah. A, a general mob encounter. Yeah, yeah. I think she's also a mob encounter in Persona 1, but in this they made her special because of the rumor concept. I remember watching Haunted Junction. Don't think I've heard of that one. But yeah. Uh, I think I think my brain is fried on questions. I'm just staring at Persona 2 in abject joy. Uh, <laughs> I love the character art in this one. Like, go, go back and look at how Persona 1's portraits look. They're very strange looking. <laughs> Especially Before the secondary characters. Huh? Before or after retouching? Both. Uh, Before. Both, both, but especially before retouching, where it's just like, what, why, why do you look like this? <laughs> well, in one case, it's because they decided that I needed to be a different race. Yeah, and they accidentally inserted some racism by not understanding how that was going to interact with, uh, with some of the localization choices they made. Maybe don't have the characters, uh, the the one character you turned. Uh, you, you race lifted to being black into being uh, the one that the rich kid keeps calling a monkey. That's maybe not. He's supposed to be a dick. He's not supposed to be like a really over racist. Um, so that was unfortunate. <laughs> Mark danced crazy. Um, yeah, now you can buy guns. And swords and whatever else needs buying. Mm -hmm. Oh, cuss high. But yeah, um, that was just really unfortunate. Uh, compounding factors of localization. But yeah. That also gets weird because they localize the way to get back into the. Uh, to get back into the high school as a little rhyming couplet of roses are red, violets are blue, my face is white, so you know I'm true. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they did everyone else too, though. Like, Mark was the one that was obvious because they made the character black, but everyone else was, like, bleached a bit to try to make them, I guess, look Caucasian. It mostly makes them look like they, like, have albinism. Hmm. It's a very odd-looking game. Like, everyone in the... The unretouched portraits are still not my favorite thing in the world. I, there's still, like, some the least uh, interesting and least well-done uh, character designs in Persona, but they at least look like he, normal humans rather than whatever the hell's going on with some of the retouched portraits. But, yeah. Um, do we have anything else we want to go over? Uh, uh, 
Monheim. More time. I'd stream this dang thing myself. I love this game. <laughs> uh, also, Tam, on Discord, I'm the FBM. Um, but yeah, uh, so I guess we should probably get to the plug. Oh, yeah. Hey. Okay, yes. Uh, I almost forgot. So, yeah, so uh, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, a nine-episode and or three-paperback series on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited for anyone who just enjoys silly Dungeons & Dragons-style hijinks. As in playing the game, not necessarily in the fantasy, but both, yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Uh, Michael Yadimiza is the pen name. Is wouldn't you know, Michael Baker is stupidly difficult to Google. <laughs> I know people with the last name Miller. I know how it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, could be worse. Could be John Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep, and so uh, you can leave questions in the Discord or on... Uh, You can leave questions on the Discord or in the comment section. Discord, go join the RP Gamer Discord. Even if you don't want to leave questions, it's a nice place. There's there's fun people there. Um, <laughs> occasionally, uh, Wheel picks a fight with some of our listeners. That's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you do this. It happens like once a week. I am a low-level uh, internet troll. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously. <laughs> I think that's the only way you could... Uh, I think that's the only way you could survive working at uh, Inside Mac Gaming, as long as you did. Um, <laughs> sorry, I went for the low blow. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, join the Discord. Uh, it's a nice place. Uh, good place to chat about your favorite RPGs, or your least favorite RPGs, as is often the case. Uh, um, I don't have a plot uh, and also of course you can leave questions in the comments section if you prefer uh, that is will be under the place you probably or at least possibly downloaded this episode we don't we don't take questions in like iTunes reviews but uh, <laughs> but uh, the comment section for where this was posted on RP gamer is also a right place to pull questions from we like to Favor recently asked questions, so we don't forget them. Uh, the big list of questions is a special case. If you wanna, if you wanna try to challenge Fire Miner, you can try, but I don't think you can manage it. If I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, thank you to Crawl and Fire Miner for our questions uh, this week. Um, uh, I don't have any plugs, so I'll just say please play Persona 2. It's really good. Um, okay. But otherwise, see ya, Space Cowboys. See ya. Oh,